Man. You know, he used to try Listen. and slide it in there I, that he was from Chicago. Yeah, you know. But it was, <laughs> they didn't let him slide with it, Rocky. You know what I did was I just went to, <laughs> you see my pops wearing that 3-4? That's you already they know, they right? Like, it's legit now. They know, you know? it. That is Chicago. It's the future. Down and distance. On WGNRadio.com. Rocky Fresh sitting in with us, man. Just dropped the third installation of the Night I Went to mixtape series, which yeah. this new one is Chicago. It's Chicago. Home, right? I heard it was a great show last week. Man, it was a blessing. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to everybody that came out. I know. Crazy, right? It, when you worked on the projects and the third installation now, how do you see what makes this one different because it is Chicago and did you do anything different to prepare for while you were out moving around making this project? Um, man, I was really at home a lot for the project. Like I, I love to work on music out in LA just because I feel like, um, even though like making music is fun to me, it's still a job. And I feel like, you know, the same discipline that, uh, every person has to go through, go through when they go into work and go to different locations and step out of their element to focus on their job. That's kind of how I view LA for me. But at the same time, it's like, you know, being at home is some of my realest inspirations and some of my most truest just experiences in life. So when I was here, it's just like the records that I got made, you know, that I made, it just touched me in a different way. And, you know, um, I, I did a lot of songs that I'm actually saving for other projects, but uh, the four that I chose for the Chicago project, they were really inspired by the home sense, and it just came about so naturally. So I was just happy to be in the city working again. Well, you know what he says. You know what he says in the first line, right? I be that young from Chicago. Yes, sir. About to heat the city up, make it feel like Cabo. Yeah. What? Come on, yeah. man. It's just, it's so, it's so crazy. Sean and I were talking last night and just looking at your story. And as a kid, kind of moving around yeah. as, a, as a kid. But we know as both of us love sports, uh, I was doing a little digging and saw that you were a baseball player. Yeah. Still. Really good, st- man. Still, yeah, what little league again? I played for Roseland Little League. So, I see, played for the see, Dodgers, and we won a championship, Roseland too. Little League. Yeah. Sports for you. Is baseball number one for you? Uh, Honestly, I got to say basketball was number one. But baseball, I was able to – during my younger years, I actually had some really cool moments in, like, all all um, organized sports that I played. So, okay. in basketball, we won the championship, um, and I actually hit a game-winning shot um, in that championship Sweet. game, which was crazy. And then in baseball, I had, like, just a crazy batting percentage. I had, like, a 6 uh, 45 batting average. I batted second. I was a left-hand first baseman. I was super small, but Sweet. I definitely held it down into position. And I also pitched, and as a left-handed pitcher, I had this crazy, like, curve on my fastball. So I used to get a lot of Ks. I think my high in Little League was, like, 13 Ks in a game. Wow. And, you know, I really enjoyed playing sports, but also I went to high school at home with Flossmore, and the level of competition in sports was at another Great level. Great baseball program. Man, it was insane. Yeah. So, you know, I had to uh, kind of fall back 
from sports um, when I got to that high school. But, yeah, man, I love basketball, football, and baseball equally. And uh, basketball was a little bit more fun for me just because I had a lot more control of, you know, what I could do in games. Um, baseball was kind of you got to take what comes to you. So I just like having that control. But, man, baseball was my most successful sport for Before sure. Before we get to the mixture of city and suburban life yeah. and going out to home with Floss Moore yeah. and having some of that more diversified surroundings man. impact you as a person and your music, yeah, bruh, it's a lot of back rubs been going on for you, right? I know at Aurora, you said, uh, you know, you're not in a good mood when the Bulls oh, lose. Man, and this season is uh, <laughs> it's been pretty tough for you. It's been extremely tough, you know, because I really love the Bulls, yeah. man. And it's like, I've been following for so long. I remember when we had, you know, Jalen Rose and Jamal Crawford and Bryce Drew and all that. I was a fan even then. Okay. So just to see us go on this playoff running and now we in a situation where we might not make the play, where we not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> it, it hurts, man. It hurts yeah. to see that. And uh, I just hope that, you know, we can figure something out. I think it's, it's going to be a long road to the top from this point forward because I feel like we have so much invested in this team right now and it's just not panning out like how we thought it was. I don't know who to blame. I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know what's going on. But at the end of the day, I hope we can figure it out as a fan. What was the biggest shock to you or what impacted you the most about the way life was lived by kids out in the suburbs? Um, I think it was two things. I think it was the financial situation of kids because I just didn't know, you know, that kids were living like that, like off of their parents. You know, from us, from the way I grew up, it was always like you got to work years and years to get certain stuff. And then I went to school and kids was before they even turned 16, they already had brand new BMWs and brand new Benzes waiting on them, you know, for, for when their birthday comes. And so it was just like I never saw anything like that. But I think also the most important thing that I got introduced to was the music. You know, I I have like a a huge rock influence in my music a lot of times. And I didn't even really know about rock music and alternative rock and people like John Mayer and Paramore and Fall Out Boy and people like I didn't even know they existed until I went to school in the suburbs. So when I got into that... My first mindset was to shun it because it was weird to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. God just put something in me to embrace it, and I became a huge fan. And uh, some of the first people that put me on was Good Charlotte and, you know, Patrick Stone from Fall Out Boy. And that happened due to my appreciation and their influence on my music, you know, that they had from just me listening to their stuff in high school. So that was the biggest thing for me for sure. I mean, it's it's pretty similar to, you know, Growing up and going to being able to be diverse and be around a, a mixture of people where you get music. Like for yeah. me, growing up, Sean knows this. Growing up to me, it was always Ice Cube and growing up. And then next thing you know, I go to uh, Barrington Middle School where I have just a array of different, yeah, man, just different people. And my buddy Matt Kubiak put me on to this band 311. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and I was like. What is this where it was like hip hop mixed with yeah. like rock and Smart like man. and I'm going what he gave me homegrown he was like here take this CD and I still have it to man. this day and the the ability to be able to be open I think for you is you can tell in your music and how you make it that it's it, it's you that means a lot bro for real and it's like I I feel 
good about you telling me that because I am influenced by so many different things in life from people that don't even make music like a lot of my homies they influence my music due to the things that they go through in life some of them you know I got one of my best friends he just graduated from Stanford then I got another homie that's really deep in the hood you know what I'm saying so it's like me getting all of these different perspectives a lot of times you know I feel uh responsible to tell you know, the stories of the people that are around me and the fact that, you know, you listening to it can still see myself within describing all of these other situations that's going on around me. I think that's like a a very important thing with music, you know, in general, just being able to uh, to stay original despite, you know, being able to tell other people's situations. So that means a lot. Crazy, man. You talked about the process and, and loving to be in L.A. when you do your music. Yeah. In the interview, I saw that you talked about where you met Chris Brown's yeah. friend in the studio yeah. and got linked up for him to put a feature on the album yeah. or the mixtape. Now, with that being said, I think the one thing that stood out from that interview is you said Chris Brown is you guys R. Kelly. Yeah. This generation. For sure. And I found that to be very, I was, it was amazing. I'm like, wow, I never looked at him like that. Yeah. When you look at yourself as an artist, you know, go back in the past and look at previous artists. Mm-hmm. Who are you the simile of? From the past? Um, man, you know, I guess uh, if I had to choose, I would definitely want to be looked at as like a, almost like a Pharrell type of figure, but also with a little hint of, uh, of, of Lil Wayne, you know what I'm saying? And with that, I think more so due to the diversity of their music and their influence on just the culture with their style outside of music. You know, just me growing up in like the time frame when those guys were really heating up, I saw how much they influenced kids from outside of the music, from the way that they was dressing to the way Wayne was doing his hair, the certain pierces he was getting, the certain tattoos. And the same thing with Pharrell, who did it in a lot more of a, uh, I guess in a more chill sense. You know, it was a little less radical for him. It was very grassroots. And then you see him now, you know, at age 40, and he still has a number one record with Happy because he just stays so true to his sound. And I think that, you know, with the way that I want to, put out a different form of music i relate to pharrell in that sense and also stylistically but also with the work ethic and the way that i want to feed people whether it's with mixtapes or albums or you know singles here and there i really got that from wayne i saw wayne put out so many free projects thank you you know so that's like thank you wayne i get that from him yeah yeah i mean i remember being at the university of miami just waiting Oh, that's like tight. You know, by the way, at the University of Miami, Ed Reed and the guys didn't let J.P. slide. Man. You know, he used to try and, Listen, and slide it in there I, that he was from Chicago. Yeah, you know. but it was, <laughs> They didn't it let is, him slide with it, Rocky. You know what I did was I just went to, <laughs> you see my pops wearing that 3-4? You all already know, do. right? Like, it's legit now. They know, you know? That is Chicago. I, Listen, <laughs> Rocky, I'll never forget the day being in Miami and um, get a phone call and, yo, um, who called me? Gotti called me and was like, yo, come over to the, I got a mixtape for you. I need you to come over to the hotel. And I'm like, yeah, I got you. So I drive to the hotel and I'm like, man, this everything's all good. I'm like, can't wait to get this this tape. And I'm bumping Wayne, right, in my truck with man. 15s in the back. Like I just, just bumping Wayne because that's what I did. Coming over the causeway, I get to the hotel and all I see is Wayne like walk out of the door. Man, and that's like, so and dope. I, Listen, I freaked out. I didn't know what to do. I wish I had a Sharpie. He could have signed the, right? the CD for me. And he just told me, he was like, man, you you, uh, you Peyton, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, man, much respect to you. Love your pops, man. Huge sports fan. 
and you from Chicago? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. And I didn't know what to say. Man. I just I just sat there. That's the cool thing about Wayne, though. It's like I met him twice, and uh, both times I was with Ross when I met him. And he's just such a cool, down-to-earth dude, man. Yeah. Very, like, easy to talk to. Like, this is dope, man. Like, Wayne is that dude, for sure. So you had that same type of moment with exact Wayne. Exact same type of moment. And it's dope because, you know, Wayne been living out in Miami, too, for yeah. a while. So I think that's crazy that he went to school out there. I wish I could have had the grades to go to, you know what I'm saying, university So, you know, we know <laughs> your favorite Jordan is the ones. Yeah. Right? Your yeah. favorite Jordans and the impact of culture on hip-hop, including the music, the art, the dancing, everything that's involved. When you're putting together your first studio album, a lot of times people don't realize it takes a lifetime to make that first album. 100%. A lifetime. That's what makes it so impactful for a lot of artists. Yeah. So are you going for the cultural impact when you're putting this album together? Or are you going for record sales? Um, I really spins. think I really think I'm going for both, okay. honestly. You know, um, I think with the city that we grew up in, and I mean, you know, he's... A witness to this like yeah. it's winners here man like from the the bears you know to them having that amazing season that they had which we still trying to get now we need another one of them so you know the jordan era it's like it's always been a passion and a love for the game but it's also been numbers to back up how much you really love your craft and what you do and i want to really combine both of those things i want to show people how much i love making music and how passionate i am about being creative but i also want to show that passion to such a high level that the numbers you know show it as well and i think you know that's really what we're out for which is why i haven't put out an album for sale yet i was just telling him you know earlier like i've been blessed to have a real smooth career as far as with music and Recently have I experienced, you know, some of my biggest hardships and some of my biggest tests. And I felt like I needed to go through that before I actually put out my debut album just to give people that real struggle and that real passion, despite, you know, me making it through a, a place where people think that I should be satisfied. It's like I'm so far from satisfied with everything that's coming with this. And, uh, you know, God really revealed that to me, like, in my in my past two years of making music. And I feel like I'm at a better place than I've ever been, even when things were better, you know? Thank so, you. Oh, stop. Yeah. Stop right now, it's Sean. Amazing. Stop right now. Yo, driving 88, dude. Man. Crazy, right? Man, biggest where, project where of I my wanna life. Where I want to be, right? Hold up. Where I want to be is my joint. Oh, that mean a right? lot, bro. So listening to, I'll never forget going with my family and driving. They were, they were, we were going to a museum, and I was driving. They were there already, and I was driving there, and I'm listening to this song, and it came on, and I started to listen. Uh, DJ Ill Will was uh, the yeah. host that makes. He's yeah. one of my big homies. Shout so, out Ill yeah. Will, man. Yeah, it's good dude. So I was thinking about that, and you talk about at the end of the day, this is where I want to be. Yeah. At the end of the day, where do you want to be? <sighs> man, like I really want to just change the life of the people that surround me. You know what I'm saying? Like I really, um, I, I'm with my friends a lot. I'm with my family a lot, so I really hear their cries. You know what I'm saying? And I also think that. With that, I've been blessed with a lot of people in my life that go and get it for themselves. So it's like I'm not taking care of a lot of people, you know, uh, by the grace of God. Like I got a lot of people that have good jobs and that are working hard to maintain the things that they want in life. But at the end of the day, in an ideal situation, you know, I just want to have everybody that I love with me at all times and to be able to experience some of these tours and some of these connections that I have with people like Chris and with Ross. I would love to have some of my family members front and center 
for that but then also like we talked about earlier as far as you know with uh with the record sales and things like that um i lost my auntie um, in 2014, I was like one of my best friends. And one of her last words to me was that, you know, she wanted to go to the Grammys. So now it's like a major goal for me to like win a Grammy. Like that's something that I really want to do. And every time I speak, you know, I want to put that out into the universe. Because when it happens, I want people to know how hard I really work to achieve that. It's a lot of artists right now that don't care about awards and all of that. And that's cool. But I sit in a different place with that because of my situation. So I think that's at the end where I want to be is somebody that got his family around at all times. My mom can go to any country that she want to go to because of my situation. My pops can see what he want to see, my friends. But then also I want to have that hardware when I go home to be able to look at those awards and be like, man, you know. I we had put this, in the work. Yeah. We had a discussion on Facebook Live last week, and we were actually using Nas as an example. And we asked people, you know, of course, Illmatic is the one album that everybody yeah. is synonymous yeah, with. Yeah, of course, right? yeah. Illmatic. And we put it out there like, is that his best album? Yeah. And we got a lot of feedback. A lot of people were like, actually, no. It's another album that I like, Godson. I like that. The last album. I like it was out. written personally. It was written yeah, that, that influenced me the most. So when we talk about impact and influence, right? Your first album, do you want it to be your best album? Or do you want the evolution of Rocky Fresh to continue to get better and better to where the first album just kicks down the door, makes the impact that it needs to make, takes the trend and the culture in a totally different direction? But then the music continues to evolve and get better. I definitely wanted to continue to evolve and get better. And it's like, man, this is so dope. You know, the points that you bring up, because this is what I talk to my homies about all the time. We bring up Nas. We bring up Jay-Z. We bring up, you know, people that have shown that, like, you could keep doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt was an amazing album. But Blueprint was also an amazing album. And Black Album was also an amazing album. And I just want to be able to speak on my experiences for the time frame in an amazing way every time to where it's like every album feels like, could this be Rocky's best album, you know? And um, I think I do want the first one to be amazing, though, which is why we've been taking so much time with it. Because once we get started, you know, we're ready to keep going up from there. That first album, I think, is going to be, I just envision, Southside Kid. Yeah. But experienced a large area of the city, not just yeah. the South Side. Then he goes out to the suburbs and he starts to diversify. And I just see this album being like a flower, kind of just opening up and blooming. Definitely, man. That's you know, the game. To where as you're going from like maybe the grit and grime of the South Side, Stop. and the next thing you know, I just got chills. You're bro. introduced Stop, to man. this. See, here's Yo, the thing. I, like, I see the vision. And I'm going to put this it. out there now. Like, I really, um, just due to the fact that, you know, I know bro been rocking with me for a long time. It's like, man, I want y'all to come through and like check out some of the joints. So we, you know, I, I'll book out some studio time. I want y'all to come hear some stuff, see what y'all think, you know, because we've been working definitely and we got a lot of material. And, you know, I love for y'all to come through and check out where it's at now. Yo, biggest feature. <laughs> like, if you had a dream feature for yeah, that first album, I need to know one this. person, the dream feature. Who is it? Who is it? Man, it changes like weekly, you know, <laughs> and it's it's crazy for me, too, because I'm blessed to say that a lot of the people that I think about, you know, are kind of closer than I thought they would be mm -hmm. at this point in my life. And with that being said, it's like my my three favorite rappers 
in the sense of artists that influenced me. Like, I'm a huge Tupac and Biggie fan, but when I was into their music, I never even thought about rapping, you know? So I was just, just a straight fan. So as far as, like, people that really influenced me to stand in front of a microphone, I got to give it to Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, and Kanye. And I think the three of them, either one of them being on my album would be just as good as the other one. So one of those three, I would be extremely excited hey about Hey, man, that. look. Listen, man. Before I leave this earth, yes, I just have one request. What? Because I rep my city. I rep my city. I need a Chicago album. Oh, we got you on that. Yeah. We could do I that. I need Rocky. I need Common. I need, I need Kanye. Yeah. I need Chance. For sure. I need BJ. I'm yeah. Just, I need that would be beautiful, Listen, bro. Not just keeping it there. The rock yeah. groups. Anybody that's Chicago. Yeah, I'm down to do that. I we just need that. Chicago you got me album. in. We for need sure. that. This first of all, this city needs that. They, yeah. We definitely need we, it. We need we need to be able to show that everybody can come together. We need that and it's time, man. I, I always I get upset when I'm when I was in Miami, I get upset because people were sleeping on Chicago, but at that time when Kanye that's when Kanye was just when that college dropout. It was just so hot that yeah. people couldn't deny that I could say that the hottest rapper in the game from is the from city. my city. Yeah. Like you have to you have to respect us. Yeah. And there was kids from all over that were like, nah, I'm from New York. Like, man, what are you talking about? But what Kanye did, man, he I mean, to put on for this city, man, it's what Common did to put on for this city. We we need something like that, man. We got to be able to have us come together. We got too much fighting, too much killing going on where we got so many good things that people aren't being able to see, and we need to be able the to do that. The biggest need for it, and you, I want you to talk about this. We need to control our own narrative. Yeah. We know the narrative that's being put out there around the country about yes, Chicago. For sure. I'm a South Sider. I go drive down the streets each and every day. I have no fear. I might respect certain areas a little bit more. Of course. I don't have fear. Yeah. And so when I hear other people talk about my city, it kind of upsets me. I agree. Because it's the wrong picture that's being portrayed. Someone like you, successful, doing what you love, and you see so many kids in a situation that they have people to look up to, but they don't necessarily have the doors exactly. to be able to pursue those things. So let's speak on that and trying to put the right narrative out about Chicago and your music and your art. Well, first off, you know, before I really get into it, I got to really applaud you guys for even giving me this platform because this is like, a, you know, a huge step in the right direction just for the city in general when people like us can link up and, you know, share these great stories that kids can be motivated by, which is leading to, you know, how I approach my music. And we were also talking about this earlier, too. You know, I'm a real humble dude, but at the same time, I've been blessed to see a lot. I've been blessed to do a lot of cool stuff. And, I mean, kids, at the end of the day, they want this good life, you know what I'm saying? So I make sure that I stunt as much as I can as well just to really show these kids that you can get it without having to sell drugs. You could drive what you want to drive. You could get Rolexes. You could buy all the sneakers you want to, all the shoes. If you really work hard at what you're passionate about, you don't have to rob another man. You don't have to kill nobody. You don't have to, you know, harm another person's family. You don't have to scam for it. Like, that's really what my, my music and my lifestyle is about. I enjoy nice things just like everybody else does and I feel like that's the the divider in hip-hop that artists like Pharrell and Kanye and Jay-Z have bridged the gap for which is showing you that you can still be conscious and enjoy your life you don't have to be so you know uh timid with 
with success, you know, and I think even with sports, that's why I love it so much. You can see a guy, case in point, like a Steph Curry, who's very humble off the court, but the way that he plays his game is so entertaining. It's just such an awesome thing to watch, and that's how I want to be as an artist for these kids. I want them to know that just because I have a positive message don't mean my lifestyle is boring, don't mean that we're not getting money out here, don't mean that we're not, you know, living, you know, with some of the best of them, and, and that's what my whole climb is about, is showing kids that, you know, you could do whatever you want, live however you want to, if you stay true to what you want to do and just stay focused and also keep it positive because a lot of the street money don't last as long as it looks and i and i know that you know so the whole fight we had last year the argument over ghostwriting your lyrics and whether or not that taints your legacy yeah of course i'm going to assume i'm not even going to ask i'm not even going to disrespect <laughs> artists i already you know yeah that. you write your own stuff 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. it goes without being yeah. said but what are your thoughts on that See, it's like, man, I'm so inspired by just the constant changes of, like, just life in general. So I view the rap game as the same way. And, uh, you know, I just feel like I would be ignorant to what's going on and not say that it's a it's a new day. You know what I'm saying? It's a new time frame. And um, we're living in a time frame now where people are getting famous off of Instagram and things like that without having to even make a song or do anything. You know what I'm saying? They just So does famous. your respect for that kind of wane or do you respect the fact that Okay, that's the way they choose to go about it. Yeah, that's really why I'm at with it. I just take it for the reality of the situation. Reality is now is like there are a lot of kids that um, in their mind don't feel like they have what it takes to be a star in this society. So therefore, they're willing to give up their content to somebody else that they feel can, you know, deliver it better or can showcase it at a higher level. And, you know, if that's what they want to do and that artist accepts that invitation, then you know it is what it is. For me personally, you know, I um one thing that I am good at as far as with making music is like I'm real good at putting words together to certain melodies. So there have been times where I've had, you know, a singer come in the studio and maybe work on a melody and then I fill in the words with it. So I understand the importance of being able to reach people by having help. But at the same time, I never had a person write any of my verses ever and never will just because my music is too personal to me to do that you does know that change your view about somebody not anyone in particular eh. um i don't know i just been so aware that it's been going on because i've always been the guy that has looked at the back of the albums you know even when i was a kid before i wanted to do music i just wanted to know who was involved and you would be surprised man like i challenge that's that's i guess what i'll say i challenge people to go to some of your favorite albums and just read the credits and see who's responsible for writing some of the songs and I guess one of the biggest examples that I could speak on is a person like Bow Wow, case in point. When I was a kid, you know, Bow Wow was the biggest rapper. And there was certain stuff that he was saying, being the same age range as me, that I was just shy. I'm like, how is he talking about this? I went to the credits. I saw Lil Wayne and T.I. were writing a lot of those verses. And that was cool for me. It was, one, cool to see Bow Wow had that relationship with those guys. It was another thing to see that them guys had enough time to finish their own albums and still write hits for Bow Wow. But also, it was like, man, okay, this is why it's happening. So if you go to any of your, your favorite albums in the past, you'll see a lot of that going on. Game has changed. I mean, I think it's always been going on, but things have changed now in the, in the sense of how we get our music now yeah. and how it's packaged and put out there. We don't have to go to the stores no more to pick up our exactly. CD. So, and how how you release stuff now is kind of on your own time 100%. when you want to. Because yesterday I'm sitting at work and it's 2.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday 
And I go to my phone and I'm like, Drake just Drake dropped two, Jay-Z, yeah. just dropped two <laughs> new songs at two thirty. Like, who does that? Yeah. We're, this is how now you you have to really be meticulous and also crafty of how and when you put out your music Definitely. as well, which it wasn't like that. And now guys can put out people can put out music and get feelers out there without and, putting out an actual product exactly. and saying like, yo, this. This is what you're going to get in the CD when it's packaged and if yeah. there's wax songs on there, well, guess what? You're going to have to live with them. Exactly. Now, it's a new day. you can put stuff out, see how people react to it and go, nah, I don't know if that's going to make the album, but it's 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 on it's on Apple Music. Exactly. Right now. exactly. It's, it's a different day and age, man. It's a lot easier for people to really manufacture that buzz without having to really truly, I, I, it's just different. It's totally, totally different. And that's crazy because it kind of bring up, you know, I have a question for you guys because we talk about this all the time too. It's like people, how do how do you guys feel like people take albums nowadays? Because now I think with the streaming services, it's so much easier to just take the songs that you like, add those into a playlist with other artists that you like and keep it moving. And I'm curious to see if people still digest full bodies of work anymore and appreciate we people's do. albums. We do. We do. Especially I, if it tells I, a story. If it tells a story. Absolutely. Um, if I have a connection with the artist, uh, I, I'll, I'll, I always listen to full bodies of work. I want to get everything to see how it all, Perfect. Like, you know. That's, that, that's just no. how it is. Yeah. That's how it is to me. I, I just have to be that way. I have be, one yeah, go question go before ahead. we let go man, ahead. Um, go ahead. We lost a huge part of our family Yes, about a week and a half ago when Fife died, man. He was a man. brother, literally a brother to both of us. Both of us. Uh, spent a lot Fife, of time man. with him. And uh, just watching the memorial at the Apollo last night, one of the things that uh, a lot of people talked about was a sound. Yeah. It's like, man, the era of hip-hop where it didn't matter who you were, you had your own sound. Yeah. And when it came on, you knew immediately who that was and where they were from. What's Rocky Fresh's sound? Man, What's I mean, the sound he's going for? In the simplest way, I could describe it as um, is is very cultured Chicago music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's so many different type of people that live in this city. And, I mean, you could just see that, you know, walking around downtown, just the different demographics and different races that you come across. And due to me moving around a lot, I've been blessed to have very personal relationships with all different classes of people. And when I go into making my music, you know, I always want to give that Chicago vibe to it, that um, that natural instrumentation that you hear in, in the rock bands that we have come from here and the, uh, and the classic, uh, you know, the classical music that comes out of this city and the house music. I try to blend all of that stuff and just give my hip-hop interpretation to it. So I think that's what my music is. And if anybody is to download one of my projects, you're going to hear a lot of different types of music on one you know, actual project because that's what the city gives me. I can go anywhere and see different things. You can go to the hundreds and see something totally different than you'll see in Hyde Park. You know, you can go to the suburbs, see something totally different than you see in downtown. So I want my music to represent that journey of going from all the way in Homewood to coming all the way to, you know, the north side of Chicago. Like, I wanted to feel that that type of way. Well, listen, man. You got a big brother here, man. You need me anytime, both of us. Man, likewise, you, man. man. I need y'all to come through the we, studio. Listen, vibe that's, that's, out, hey, that's easy. We already, yeah, once, we get off that's this, once we get off this, we about to link up anyway so we can have the direct connect. Man. But let me tell you right now, the city's proud of you. 
both of us are proud of you. We Thank love you. the music. We love the vision. And what we want you to keep doing is whatever you're doing right now. <laughs> and Thank more. you, man. Okay? We got to do this again, so I want to come it. back and talk with y'all with the album. When the album drop, y'all family to me now, man. I appreciate y'all. Hey, real. man, go check out Rocky Freshers. You got to check out the new installation right now. The night I went to Chicago is online right now. Check it out everywhere. Down the distance, Jared Payton, Sean Davis. As always, WGMRadio.com. We appreciate you. We were here, and now we're gone. Peace. Peace.